0: Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. We have multiple locations, including an online service found at gethope.tv. If you're not from the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina or near our Agape campus in Haiti, we'd love to still have you be a part of what Hope is up to through our online services. If you do live in our physical area, go to our website at gethope.net to check out where our campuses are located and our service times. Please like and share this with your friends or family. We are so glad you stopped by.
1: Welcome, Hope Community Church. My name is Sam Cannoli, and I'm in the hot seat here with our lead pastor, Jason Gore. Jason, how are you feeling? I'm doing great, Sam. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, listen, this is Unscripted. All right, Jason, we have got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. First things first, masks are optional can you elaborate
2: yeah absolutely masks are optional you know uh, in our gatherings with adults last weekend we moved to masks optional and as we have sat on this things we've worked through it uh, we know this is a difficult place for a lot of people to be in yeah. uh, but we are now at a place where we're saying we believe that we need to be using our best judgment and so we're moving officially this week into masks optional mm-hmm. in all of our environments including family ministry
1: including family ministries now a quick reminder we are still requiring tickets for our family ministry environments and that's because we don't have enough people to help in those areas and so uh i think the stat came out that for every volunteer we get eight children more that can come in those environments and my goodness.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right, which is a good transition into the season that we're in right now that that's we're right. calling Serve Connect. Yeah. And what Serve Connect is, it's just a time, a, a three week period that we go through as a church where we give every opportunity that we possibly yes. can for you as Hope Community Church to raise your hand and to jump in and say, I wanna be a part of furthering the mission and vision of Hope Community Church. Absolutely.
1: So get in where you fit in. Now, moving on, huge news. We got, we got something great. June 17th, mark it on your calendar, Thursday Night Live Plus, we're doing a live recording. You like worship. I I love to. Right? I I love to as well. I'm a little bit biased, but we're having a live recording. What does that mean? It means we've got no tickets. We've got no masks. That means invite your friends, invite your family. Come on out. It's going to be an amazing time. June 17th at our Raleigh campus.
2: Sim, I've got some big news too. Talk to me. Beginning this weekend, Garner campus people. These are my people, this is my hometown. This is where the Gore family lives. Beginning this week, our Garner campus is back up and running in Garner High School. So we're moving forward, man. This has been a season of not being where we wanna be and now we're sprinting as fast as we can into where we wanna be. And so Garner campus this weekend, we're gonna take a couple weeks off, but then Sunday, July 11th, we are back in Garner High School Every single week, moving forward. Yes. Now, we are continuing
1: in this series, identity crisis, and I don't know about you. I have been so impacted by the, the these prompts and these questions at the end of these.
2: Uh, of these sermons, right? Yes, I mean, every single week. And the reality is getting two to three minutes of quiet in your day is a gift in and of itself. But what we've been doing is we've been going through these 60-minute services where the whole thing is great, but it culminates with this moment where we get two minutes, three minutes, four minutes to wrestle with these questions. And I'll tell you, for me personally, it has... Rocked me. And so we just want to encourage you, uh, wherever you are, if you're at one of our campuses, if you're watching online, take the time to listen and to hear from God what it is that He would have you hear.
1: Absolutely. Now one last thing at our all of our live campuses we're actually going to be passing out cards and pens for you to be writing down some different notes now for those of you who are at home you can actually get your smartphone out and go to and download our hope app and you can go to the notes section and you can write down your notes there and so that'll be a great way for you to stay plugged in to this sermon now i think we've said all we need to say and so i guess there's nothing else. one to say, other thing talk to me
2: we're glad you're here Welcome to Hope.
3: How are we doing? Hope Community Church. Yeah. Well, it is good to see you guys, see my family, like we're family, right? So, so let me start tonight by just sharing a picture with you, a family photo. Now, listen, this is me in ninth grade as a freshman in high school, right? So, so I, at that time, right, I'm 220 pounds six foot two, as a freshman. I'm the kid in the upper left-hand corners with the big ears, and I know what you're thinking, like he really grew into his ears. And I did, (laughs) over time. I just figured you add a little weight, you grow into your ears, that's kind of how it works. But at that time, I put a lot of energy and effort into basketball. Like you could probably even say that my hopes and my dreams were in being a professional basketball player. Like all of my time, all of my effort went into the idea of being a professional player. And when you're that size as a freshman and you can shoot and you can run and you can jump and you can do all the things, you start getting recruited by colleges. And so I started getting letters and like phone calls from coaches. And I was excited about the idea of one day maybe being a basketball player. I actually think that God allowed me to do ministry in the triangle because he knows I love basketball basketball and there is good basketball in the triangle. Let me just tell you right now, like I'm the guy who has three shirts. I have a blue one, a red one, and a light blue one. So if you ask me who I really like, depends on who bought the tickets. I'm just saying like it depends on who bought the tickets. <laughs> I am that guy. Like and if you got tickets, just call me. It's cool. I'll go. All right. But I love basketball and I had big hoop dreams. And so I started playing at a very high level at a very young age. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. Right? And here's the thing. The only thing that stopped me from making it pro, the only thing that stopped me was one small thing. If you're a student athlete, if you're a teenage athlete, listen, I want you to hear this. Coaches are not pursuing athletes. They're pursuing student athletes and those are different. And let me just tell you, I had no intentions of being a student, like none at all. Like I had no intentions of being a student. Like, like when basketball season ended, I would walk up and down the hallway. I would greet people. I would smile. I never went into the classroom, but I would just wave at everybody. Pretty much what I do as a campus pastor right now. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag God knew. Hashtag purpose. <laughs> so I never got to play on the college level. And I didn't like people telling me what to do. I didn't like following instructions. I didn't like the rules. So instead of playing college basketball, I decided to do something where there were going to be no rules, no instructions. I decided to join the United States Marine Corps. That's a better option. <laughs> Stupid, I know. Where were you at when I was making that decision, GitHub.tv? You could have saved me a lot of push-ups, a lot of running, a lot of pain. But I did, I joined the Marine Corps and I was was fortunate, I got a chance to actually play basketball while I was in the Marine Corps. And so from time to time I would get to travel on a travel team and go places while I was doing my normal Marine Corps job. It was amazing. The hoop dreams actually never died. Now I want you to fast forward a little bit, right? To the age of 35 for me. So I'm a bigger guy, Uh, I've been playing for a while, but now I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a volunteer pastor in my church and I'm preparing to be a Navy chaplain. Like that was my goal. So my dreams changed from hoops to hopefully one day being a Navy chaplain and getting to serve Marines and their families and Navy folks and their families. And that was my big dream. That was my big idea. And so I was preparing for that. I was three weeks away from that. And I was 35 years old. Listen, 35 year old men get hurt a lot. And most of it's playing sports. Like, so we think we're the kid in the picture. And the truth is is that we're not anymore. And so we get hurts from time to time. And the only thing that it takes to get us hurt is if a child, like a teenager starts talking a little bit of trash to you and, and like you start that pride thing starts, right? And so I remember I'm 35 years old, right? And I'm playing basketball with some teenagers that I'm mentoring. And this kid, for whatever reason, had to be the devil, starts talking trash to me. And I'm like, I'm about to destroy this kid. Oh, I got excited. He's talking to me. I'm talking back to him. I would shoot a jumper in his face, and I would say something to him. I was like, I'm going to send you home to your mama crying, sad. Like, I'm I'm, I'm about to hurt this kid's feelings in Christian love, In, in the name of Jesus. And I just kept playing against this kid. And then something in the back of my head, for whatever reason, said, dunk the basketball. Dumb decision. So I go up to dunk the basketball in the way that I had when I was the kid in that picture. And at that moment I heard a sound come from my knee that I had never heard. And I hope to never, ever hear again. My knee shattered. And I remember hitting the ground and I remember laying there writhing in pain. I remember thinking to myself, that was a dumb decision. But I remember I was laying on the ground and all the people were gathering around me. And then the next thing I remember is the next day when I was in the hospital and the doctor is telling me that I have to have multiple knee surgeries. And I remember being afraid. I remember being concerned because here I was. The day before, I'm a guy with a lot of plans, and I know what's in front of me, I know what's ahead of me, and then now I'm on this 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 bed about to go into a surgery and I don't know how it's gonna end. And the doctors are starting to tell me things like the people who have the injury that you have, they normally don't ever walk again. And I remember thinking to myself, Am I ever gonna walk again? How's how is this how's this gonna work? I was scared. I was angry, and if I'm honest, and I am, I was angry at God. I was wrestling with my identity. Like, who am I to God, and who is he to me? And it was one of the darkest moments in my life. And I remember like, like these three questions that kept rolling around in my head and in my heart. And these were three difficult questions. I think whenever we go through something hard, whenever we go through something difficult, whenever we have a moment where we need healing, these are the questions that kind of roll through our heads and through our hearts. And here's the first question. The first question is why me? Like why did this have to happen to me? Like I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm following you. I'm doing the things that you told me to do. So why did this have to happen to me? Why me? Why now? Here's the second question. Can you actually heal me, God? Because like I was a volunteer pastor, I'm preparing to be a chaplain and I had seen other people have miraculous healings in their life, but I didn't know if God could actually heal me. Like, like up to that point, I had been pretty healthy, but now all of a sudden I'm facing the darkest time in my life. God, can you actually heal people? And if so, can you heal me? Here's the third question. What if he doesn't, what if he doesn't heal me? Like, like I had teenagers at the time. Like, am I ever going to be able to play sports with my kids again? Like, what about my military career? What about the idea of being a chaplain? Like, am I ever going to be okay again? What if you don't heal me? What if I can't walk? What's next for me? What if you don't heal me? Today, we're going to look at a story of a man in the Bible who goes through a difficult time in his life. And so here's what I want you to do. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go ahead and open them up. And listen, if you're watching at gethope.tv or if you don't have your Bibles with you, uh, the words are gonna be on the side screen so you can follow along. We're gonna go to John chapter five and we're gonna start with verse one and we're gonna read all the way down to 14 because this is a story about a man who encounters Jesus. And in his encounter with Jesus, he wrestles a little bit with his identity and Jesus meets this man and he actually heals this man. So let's read the text together. We're gonna to start at verse 1, and we're gonna read all the way down to verse 14. It says this Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the sheet gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered columnades. Now, here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked the man, do you want to get well? Some translation said this way, do you want to be healed? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me to get into the pool. And when the water is stirred up while I am trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. And the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up my mat and walk. And the man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And later Jesus Found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Now stop sinning, or something worse might happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So now let's unpack this for a moment. Like, here we see Jesus. And for whatever reason, he goes to this area in Jerusalem, right? Now, Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. So Jesus is there and he's there for a feast. We don't know which feast it was, but we knew he wanted to have a sandwich, right? So he goes to this feast and Jesus is hanging out there, right? And this is in the area called Bethesda. Now, Bethesda, the name actually means house of mercy or house of grace. Now, wouldn't it be that place where Jesus decides to do a miracle in this man's life? So he goes to this place in Bethesda. And at this place, there's a pool there. And this pool is an elaborate pool, right? This pool has five porticos. These are like covered walkways that you can actually walk through. The pool is two football fields wide. The pool actually has two interconnected pools where one is for Jewish bathing and ceremonial worship, and the other side of the pool has fresh water kind of flowing through it. It's 42 feet deep. Like by all measures, this is an elaborate pool. Like if this was the pool, like when it it first got built, this would have been the pool where all the cool kids hang out at, right? I mean like Denzel would have been at the pool, The Rock would have been at the pool, The Real Housewives of Carrie, they would have been at the pool. (laughs) It's that pool. Now, the only thing that would have made this pool better. This is the only thing I could think of that would make it better. Like it's near, the pool's actually near a place called the Sheep Gate. What well, would have made it better, if not the Sheep Gate, if it was near the Pork Gate. Because like, here's what that means. Here's what that means. That means that range, uh, well, free range, like, like open open walking pork would be able to walk around and offer up its life as a living sacrifice, as bacon. So you got the pool and you got the bacon. Can I get an Amen. You can't amen bacon. What's wrong with y'all? Well, this is an elaborate pool. And in his heyday, it is the pool. But in the day that Jesus approaches the pool, this is a different place. Now the pool is dilapidated. Now the pool is not the place to be. It's actually the place where the lame and the sick and the brokenhearted go. And they lie on the ground and they hope against hope because there had been a rumor, there had been a legend that the pool actually was able to heal people that an angel would stir up the pool. And from time to time, when the pool got stirred up, if you were the first one to rush to the pool, then you would be healed. And so all these people are out there, the lame, the sick, those who are hurting, they're all hoping to get to the pool first. And the man in our story, he's in a difficult position. Now they are all hoping against hope, but this man seems to have no hope. Why? Because he can't walk. So he simply lies on the ground and he hopes that someone picks him up and carries him to the pool. And he's been sick for 38 years. And 38 years is a long time. Like, like if you were born 38 years ago, you were born in 1983. So that means you would have been around for NC state to hit that amazing championship shot in basketball and win the championship. Like you were there when you saw that, if you were born that long ago, now you were just born, so you might not have saw it, but, but you would have been there, right? Like you would have been there when the Apple IIe computer was brought out and the Apple IIe computer turned into the iPod and the Macintosh, right? And then the iPod turned into the iPad and the iPad turned into the Apple Watch and the Apple Watch turned into the iPhone or vice versa. And then all of that turned into the Tesla. If you got a Tesla, you're cool. (laughs) So you would have seen all of that. And here's the thing, 38 years is a long time for anybody to go through anything. And this man has been suffering for 38 years with his condition. And Jesus goes directly to this man. Like he doesn't, he doesn't wait for this man. He goes exactly to this man, right? In his moment of pain, this man is lying there and Jesus walks up to him. And Jesus asks the man what seems like a little bit of an odd question. He asks him a relevant question, but it seems odd. He asks him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? And I know it seems like a strange question, right? Like, why would Jesus ask him that? Of course he wants to be healed. And listen, 20 years ago, when I started serving in ministry as a middle school, small group boys leader, right? And if you could do middle school ministry, you could do anything in the church. When I started serving back then, I was a little bit naive. And the truth is, if you had asked me this question, like, doesn't everybody want to be healed? I would have said yes. But over this time in ministry, I've learned that not everybody actually does want to be healed. The longer I've been doing this, the more I've realized that maybe everybody doesn't want healing to happen in their lives or in their homes or in their families or in their marriages. And I'm going to explain why. There's some reasons why this happens, right? And I think because there's, there's some things that come with being healed. Like there's some connotations to being healed, right? Like healing, like, like if you actually get healed, getting well, getting healed means that you have to change. Like something in your life is going to have to change. Like maybe it's a diet. Maybe you have to start walking. Maybe you have to start being kinder to your spouse. So if you, if you need to get healed in an area, it means that you have to change. And we don't like change whether it's big change or whether it's little change. And so the first sign of change we dig our heels in and we reject healing because we really want to reject change. Here's another thing. Here's another reason why we do it because getting well, If it's a miraculous healing, it means that there actually is a miraculous God, right? Like getting well might mean that there's a God. And if there's a God who has the power to heal, then he requires something of our lives. And so if God heals me, then that means he must want something from my life. And maybe we're not living according to his standards, according to his word. And so instead of embracing the change that healing brings, we just reject it. And rejecting it, we reject God. Here's the third reason I think we oftentimes don't necessarily want to be healed. It's because our condition can quickly become our identity. And this is a hard thing, but it happens when we've been dealing with something for a long time, right? Like if we're not careful, we can begin to associate everything that's happening in our lives with the condition that we're facing. And so we become associated with our feelings. We become associated with our faults. We become associated with our failures and all of a sudden those things become our identity. And so if I'm honest and I am, there are a lot of times where maybe we wouldn't say yes, to a God who wants to heal us. You see, this man's concerns are not uncommon, right? Like this guy's question is not unusual. Like this is the question. Jesus is standing in front of this man, and he's asking him the question that's going to change his life forever. And instead of him simply saying yes, like we almost want to say yes for him. Yes, you want to be healed. And instead of doing that, this man starts to give excuses for why he can't be healed. Like he starts talking to Jesus. In verse 7, he says these words. He says, sir, talking to Jesus, I have nobody to help me to get into the pool. And when the water is stirred up, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Like excuse, excuse, excuse. And I can almost hear Jesus sounding like my mother used to sound when I was a kid. Boy, I ain't asking you none of that. She like calling me by my middle name. Boy. <laughs> he's standing there, and you would hope it would be a yes, but it's not. It's a bunch of excuses. And like this man has been suffering for 38 years. This is a difficult situation he finds himself in. He's stuck right now. And the truth is, is that once you get stuck, it's hard to get unstuck. Now, you remember the three questions from earlier. Like, like right now, he's in the why me moment of life. And that's where the excuses start to flow, in the why me moment. He's stuck in that moment. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. If we're honest, are some of us stuck right now? Like maybe you came in here tonight, or maybe you're at one of your campuses and it's daytime and you came in that room and you know that you're stuck. And you don't exactly know how to get unstuck because sometimes it's hard to imagine a time when things can actually get better. So we start kind of living in a way where we have doubts. Like, like we doubt the fact that God can heal us. We doubt the fact that things can actually get better. We doubt that maybe one day we can actually move in a different way or life could be different for us. So we start to doubt that. And so here's what I'm going to say. Like, like if you're watching at github.tv or if you're at one of our campuses, here's what I want to tell you. Doubt your doubts. Go ahead and start doubting them right now. Because God can do a work. I'm going to show you in verse 8. Jesus gives this man some very simple instructions. He tells him, stand up, pick up his mat and walk. And instead of continuing to give excuses, the man recognizes God's power and he makes the decision to stand up and walk. And he takes a literal and a physical step of faith, right? He takes a a moment where he takes a step of faith. Like he looks at Jesus and he goes, you know what? I don't know how this is going to end. Like I could stand up and I could fall back down. I could stand up and maybe like stand for a second. If I try to walk, I might fall. He doesn't know how it's going to end, but he decides to take a step of faith. And he starts walking. And in that moment, he's healed. His whole life changes. So here's the question I have for you. This man takes a step of faith, right? And he's healed. Here's the question for you to ponder. What if the biggest obstacle between hurting and healing is a step of faith? What if it just takes One step of faith because this man responds by faith. He takes a literal and physical steps of faith and Jesus heals him. And and so this second cycle, the second question in that cycle that we talked about earlier, those questions that we have, the second one is answered in this moment. He takes a step of faith and Jesus heals him. So can Jesus heal? Yes. He does with this man. It makes it clear that he has the power to heal. So here's the thing, when you answer the second question, it naturally brings on the third question. So this man is healed, right? But what about people who don't get healed? Like what about what happens when somebody doesn't get healed? Like where's the fairness in a God who heals some people because he heals this guy, right? But he doesn't heal everybody. So where's the fairness in that, right? Like where does that happen? Where, how does that play out? Like how, where's the justice in a God who can heal some and not others, right? And so, so I want to do a little bit of a crash course on healing. And so I want you guys to stay with me. Like like here's the first thing. First, we just talked about the fact that Jesus has the power to heal. He makes it very clear in the Bible. Now, here's the thing. This is not the only time that Jesus healed people. There's 37 times where Jesus, in his ministry, healed people. And he healed all kinds of people. He healed young people. He healed old people. He healed blind people. He healed, healed people who were lepers. He healed servants. He healed men. He healed women. Like, Jesus is an equal opportunity healer. And the Bible makes that clear. How do I know? The Bible tells us so that he heals people. Here's the second thing in the crash course on healing. There are also times in the Bible where he doesn't heal someone. Like, for instance, if we think about the story today, right, like this man is out there, there are hundreds of people out there, and Jesus heals this man, but he doesn't heal the other people who are there. So there are times in the Bible where Jesus heals, and there are times where he doesn't. So where's the fairness in that? I'm glad you asked. So stay with me here. Where's the fairness in all of that? And I want to say this with the greatest amount of care that I can muster. I want to be careful how I say this, and this is on firm theological foundation. Here's what I'm going to say. There is no fairness in who God decides to heal, or when he decides to heal, or how he decides to heal, or if he even decides to heal at all. There is no fairness in it. And here's why, because God doesn't operate in fairness. God operates based on his will and his plan. And he has a bigger plan than just a momentary healing. God chooses who he will heal. So we often pray for healing and it may happen sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And I need you to stay with me here because here's why. Here's why that happens. First, because as any good parent knows, like, like we sing the song in church, like here at Hope Community Church, we sing a song called Good, Good Father. We say you're a good, good father. That's who you are. We're talking about God. And we sing that song often. And as every good parent knows, listen, if you give your child everything they want, whenever they want it, because they ask for it, here's what that produces. Spoiled children. And here's the second thing. Children who don't know how to face difficult things. And so maybe just maybe God allows us to face our pain, And he does that to grow us, to teach us, to help us to look to him in our times of trouble, right? And so so adversity introduces us to who we are, like it introduces us to ourselves. And when we get into really difficult situations, we find out who we really are. Adversity, hardship, pain, suffering, they're the clearest mirror that we will ever see in our lives. And when God heals somebody, the person who he heals gets the benefit, but it's God who actually gets the glory for the healing. You see, healing is an opportunity to point to God's glory. And so healing is his plan over ours. It's his will over ours. It's his, his ideas over ours. It's his plan over ours, always and his power and his dependency, his power and our dependency on him is reflected in the moments where he heals us. Because here's the thing we find out when we go through suffering, we go through pain, we find out that we can't save ourselves. And so we're reminded of the need for a savior every single time. Because if we can't save ourselves from sickness and pain on this earth, then how do we ever hope to save ourselves for all of eternity? Because we can't do it. And so in those moments we're reminded of the need, for a savior. So let me recap the crash course. Jesus demonstrates the power to heal all throughout the Bible, like, like tons of times, right? He chooses to heal sometimes and sometimes he doesn't, right? And in the times that he heals, we rejoice because we're glad that he healed somebody. And in the times that he doesn't heal, we just trust his plan. And in all of it, we're reminded of the need for a savior because we can't save ourselves. And so all of our campuses right now, At github.tv, I know what you're thinking. You're like, great. And I can hear the virtual slow clap. Good job, Dwayne. That's awesome. But what about what I'm dealing with right now? because you don't know what I'm dealing with right now. Like, 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 that's a great idea. Like, I got it. Like, God heals some people, and he doesn't heal other people. So you don't know about what I'm going through right now. You don't know I've been suffering through this. You don't know what happened to me during COVID. You don't know how I'm still having all these lingering effects or this anxiety or the stuff that I'm dealing with. You don't know what's happening to my marriage. You don't know what happened when we had to be in the house together for all that time. Like, you don't know how this played out. And let me just say, I hear that. I hear you. I hear your heart. I hear what you're saying. So let's talk about it for a second. Because you're probably thinking to yourself, like, like Dwayne, like, should I just stop praying? Like, Should I just stop praying altogether? Because God heals some people and he doesn't heal others. So should I just stop praying altogether? And let me just say, I have a response prepared when there's a question that like, seems a little weird to me or there's a question that I don't completely understand. And so I have this response. It comes from a 1980s TV show. Maybe you know it. It goes a little something like this. What you talking about with us? (laughs) What are you talking? No, don't stop praying. Who said that? Of course not. I got to tell you something. Like our staff at Hope Community Church, we are committed to praying for you. And let me tell you how we do that. Like, like every single week, we gather in our Raleigh campus on Tuesday mornings, and we all spend time together. We celebrate the wins. We talk about strategies. We talk about how we're going to reach the triangle and how we're going to change the world with God's power. And so we have a lot of things on our schedule and on our agenda. And when we come into those meetings every single week, it almost to a fault, like somebody will raise a concern that one of you has shared with them, and you've asked them to pray for you. So right in the middle of our staff meetings, our staff will stop what we're doing And we would just pray on whoever's behalf it is. We just stop what we're doing and we pray because we feel like talking to God on behalf of the people of Hope Community Church or the people who aren't here yet is one of the greatest things that we could ever do. And in those prayers, we've seen, uh, we've seen cancer healed. Like we've seen, we've seen people who have had marriages falling apart, those marriages be restored. Like we've seen, we've seen men who were pronounced dead on the table at the hospital stand up and walk. Like we've seen miracles happen in those prayers. I tell you what else we've seen. We've seen moments where God actually doesn't answer the prayer when we want him to, or maybe he doesn't answer it the way we want him to, or maybe he doesn't say yes to what we want. We've seen all that happen. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with a God who answers some prayers and like heals some people and some people he doesn't? Here's how we deal with it. Let's go back to the beginning of the story. Because I told you guys that I hurt my knee like really badly, right? Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. Like, like my knee actually never healed. like So I'm in pain almost every single day. I still can't run. I still can't jump. It actually caused me to end my Marine Corps career. It's over because of what happened to me. And so here's the thing. In that moment, I was wrestling with God. And I had placed all my trust and my hope in being an NBA player. And then it was in being a Navy chaplain. And the only thing that allows our staff to get through those moments where God doesn't answer prayers in the way we want to for healing. The only thing that got me through those moments was that we put our trust in God, not just for a moment, but for all of eternity. You see, remember what I said earlier, when God chooses to heal, right? Like like we rejoice in those moments, but if he chooses not to, we still rejoice because through his death on the cross, through his burial, through his resurrection, through him coming back, we have life forever and we get to be with him. And so having a relationship with Jesus is much better than any momentary healing that we could ever get. And I can tell you like, like life is still tough, right? Because, because like, like right now, even as I'm sharing this message, like, like even as you're watching this, I'm in pain right now. Like tonight, my wife is going to have to like help me with the ice because my knee is going to be so swollen. And I can't run anymore, <laughs> but can I just tell you, I've been running for Jesus faster than I ever have. I can't, I can't, I can't climb upstairs, right? But I've been standing in God's will, and so in my mind, I'm at the top of the stairs. You see, here's the thing. His will is what we're looking for. His heart is what we're looking for. That's what we're after. And so if we don't get healed in those moments, we still trust God with all of it, not just for a momentary healing, but with all of it. We have to pick up our mats, and we have to choose to walk. When this guy did it, Jesus changed his life forever. When I did it, even before my injury, he changed my life forever. Here's the good news, he can do the same thing for you. He can do the same exact thing for you and we just have to trust him and follow his plan and realize that his plan is bigger than our plan. So when we started this sermon series, we told you guys that you were going to have to wrestle just a little bit with this idea. Every single week you're going to have to wrestle with different ideas. And this week the idea is, is God a healer? Is Jesus a healer or isn't he? So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. Now listen, if you are on, The uh, extroverted side, this is going to be very easy for you. If you tend to lean more towards the introverted side, this may take you getting out of your comfort zone just a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. When you came in today at, at all of our physical campuses, you were handed a piece of paper. And the piece of paper is a way for you to write down things that are on your heart or things that are on your mind. So here's what I want you to do with that piece of paper. Go ahead and get it in your hand. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down whatever that thing is in your life that you know you need to be healed. Whatever it is, write it down. It might be a marriage. It might be, it might be a child who has seemingly lost their mind. It, it, it might be you just feel like you're broken right now. You don't even know how to get fixed. Like, like, write that down. Whatever it is, like it might be a job that you need to get healed because every day you walk in and life is beating you down, write it down. Whatever it is, write it down. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. The stage is going to serve as like a little bit of an altar. So I want you to write those things down and I want you to bring them up and I want you to lay them right at the feet of Jesus. And here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. There's two things that are going to happen. One, your information is gonna be handled with care. Like, like we're not gonna share that with everybody. The only people who are gonna see this is people who we trust to pray. And that's exactly what they're gonna do. Here's the second thing. They're gonna pray for all the things that are there. Everything that's laying on the front of this stage, they're gonna gather them together and we're just gonna pray for those things and we're gonna watch to see what God does. And so we just want you to bring those things up to the front and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Because we all need healing, right? There's something in every one of our lives that needs healing. And so we're going to trust God, not just with the moment, but with all of eternity. And maybe you haven't decided to follow Jesus, and that's you. I want to ask you to take one more step of faith. Like, like listen, if you're online, like, like if you're online, there's a, there's a way for you to do it too. And, and you can just like hit the prayer button, just hit the prayer button. But listen, if you decided to follow Jesus, here's what I want you to do. I want you to step out to one of our next steps areas on all of our campuses. And I want you to let them know that you've decided to follow Jesus. That's a step of faith. So here's the question I'm going to close with. And listen, if you're online, gethope.net slash pray is a great way for you to do this. Just put that that URL into your browser and you you can pray as well right along with us. And here's the thing, all of us need healing. All of us have something that's broken and all of us need to trust God. So the question I'm gonna leave you with today, do you wanna be healed? Do you want to be made well? Because if you do, stand up. Pick up your mat. Let's walk together Hope Community Church.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we tackle issues facing our modern world from a biblical perspective. To make sure you don't miss a message, please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're new to Hope and want to check out what we're about and how to be a part of our community, go to our next steps at gethope.net slash next. Let us know your story because we'd love to connect